Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers have dug themselves a hole in the NLDS. They are now down two games to none after dropping another game to the Diamondbacks. This one, they had a lot of chances to make it a game, and they missed on almost all of those chances. Bobby Miller struggled, not quite as bad as Clayton Kershaw did, but definitely more than we would have liked. Uh, but really, the story here is that the offense didn't show up, and uh, a lot of that falls down on the top of the order. The Dodgers rely on Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman to set the tone. They have not done that yet so far in this series. We're going to talk about all of that and, uh, I don't know, try to find some glimmers of hope, I guess. That's what's on tap. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My normal co-host is Vince Samperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And uh, yeah, jumping right in. This was a rough game. The Dodgers lost to the Diamondbacks in game two of the NLDS. They lost four to two. Uh, Once again, uh, the game was lost in the first inning, although we didn't know it quite as much. Uh, In in game one, the D-backs scored six runs in the first inning. uh, And so we kind of had a feeling this one, they scored three runs in the first inning, which is still manageable. And even after game one, I kind of liked one of the things that Will Will Smith said was, being down six nothing, that's still manageable. Um, it was that three more in the second inning that kind of really put that game away. Uh, this game though, it, it was three runs, and the Dodgers ended up scoring two. Uh, it was three runs is not insurmountable against the Diamondbacks. You would expect the Dodgers to score at least three runs. Uh, you know, the D-backs got a fourth run later on a solo home run off of Ryan Brazier, uh, which was it, it was a bummer. He was pitching really, really well. It was the sixth batter he had faced something like that and he gave up a, a solo home run and then got out of it just just one of those things that like even though it didn't matter in the game it's like ugh, you know put making it four to one at that point instead of three to one felt like a dagger but the fact is the Dodgers had chances in this game and and you know we said yesterday on the episode that it doesn't matter what Bobby Miller does if the offense doesn't show up the Dodgers won't win the game uh, and if the Dodgers offense does show up, they'll probably win the game, regardless of what Bobby Miller does. And I mean, that's what we saw. Dave, Mil- Dave Roberts did a good job of pulling Bobby Miller early in the game. Uh, Miller's pitch count was up and he just wasn't landing any of his off speed stuff. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that later, but Dave Roberts pulled Miller in the second inning and it's like, well, we had a day off on Sunday. We have another day off on Tuesday. Let's use the whole bullpen. And they did use, the whole bullpen among pitchers who were available and good. 
Um, the the only guy they didn't the only guy who hasn't pitched so far out of the bullpen for them in the two games is wait did Alex Vesia get in the game the other day I I don't think he did uh, I know that uh, they didn't use Vesia in this game they didn't use Vesia or Ferguson or Shelby Miller or Michael Grove um, but they used the rest of the bullpen their their top guys and the top guys did great Ryan Brazier gave up the one home run but other than that like they pitched seven and a third innings. And they allowed just the one run. The bullpen was great. Uh, and most of the time during the regular season, the Dodgers, if they allowed four runs, they were going to win that game. And for whatever reason, that's not happening so far in this series. Um, they have scored two runs in each game. And, you know, it's understandable after game one or like in game one, when you're down six to nothing after the first inning, nine to nothing after the second inning, after the top of the second it's kind of understandable to be like, well, you be kind of demoralized offensively. Three runs shouldn't put you in that mode. And I don't think it did. I don't think they were demoralized. I think they just couldn't get hits with score, runners in scoring position. And that's, you know, obviously a recurring theme from last year. And I'm, I'm really having a hard time figuring out if there's any meaning to it. Um, because it's a different team than last year, like different players. Some of the players are the same, but you know, some of them are different and like Freddie Freeman has had success in the postseason before. Uh, he's been very good in the postseason at times. Mookie Betts has had success in the postseason before. And so it's like mathematically, scientifically, I feel like it's a coincidence, but that's not satisfying at all. Um, and, and so ultimately right now, it, you guys know my philosophy. I don't believe in being sad until the season's over. And so I'm not like, I, I'm a little bit bummed that I watched two lousy games from Dodger stadium, but I was at Dodger stadium and it was honestly, other than the fact that the two games sucked, this is some of the most fun I've had at Dodger stadium. These last couple of days meeting so many of you every day or like uh, Monday night was ridiculous. How many of you stopped by and said hi to me? It was awesome. I, I love one of the things I love about doing this podcast, one of the things I love about being a Dodger fan is having this connection with strangers and being able to go to my favorite place in the world and run into friends who I don't know. And, you know, and I, I got to meet uh, some friends who I've known on online for a while, uh, but hadn't met in purpose in person. My buddy Ray, who is a, an everydayer, uh, he does stadium tours for uh, what's it called? Dodger, he, he told me the name of it. Uh, Dodgers 365 Stadium Tours. Uh, he does tours there. I, I've known Ray on Twitter for several years now. We interact a lot. I like Ray a lot. He is a he knows his baseball. He knows his stuff. He's a smart dude. He's a good dude. And uh, I got to meet him in person. Like it, it's so much fun being at the stadium. And uh, by the way, shout out to Blythe from. Dodgers 365 stadium tours. She wasn't able to be there because she's in Sedona visiting her, her ailing father. Um, but uh, shout out to her, you know, check out if you want to do a Dodger stadium tour, Dodgers 365 stadium tours is awesome. Uh, and, and it's, it's cool. You can tour the stadium. It's our favorite place guys. Um, anyway, like so much of this was fun except for the game sucking. And like, I want to celebrate with my stranger friends like I, I love some of my favorite moments. Chris Taylor's walk off in 2021 in the wild card game. So much fun. High five and strangers, hugging strangers, 
Max Muncy's walk-off in the 2018 World Series. And even though both of those seasons didn't end great, like, I'm going to keep my hopes up. Uh, it, it's not rational at this point. The Dodgers, their backs were against the wall. They need, not not quite a miracle, um, but they need to win three straight games, and that's hard to do against anybody. The D-backs are a good team. And so, but you know what? It wouldn't have surprised me if the Dodgers had swept this series. It wouldn't have surprised me if after losing game one, if they had won the next three. So it's it's the same thing, winning three straight games. It's just their backs are against the wall, and they need to do it right now. And in order to do that, they need Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman to step up. They're, Mookie and Freddie need to hit. And whatever the reasons are, they need to get it figured out. And I don't know if there's big reasons or if it's just a slump at the bat at a wrong time. You know, um, Mookie struggled in September. Freddie wasn't as elite in September as he'd been a lot of the season. So maybe there's something going on or it could just be they picked a really bad time to have a couple bad games. And that would be the second season in a row that they picked a really bad time to have a bad couple of games. <sighs> but, you know, the season's not over yet. They they go to Arizona, which there won't be a big home field advantage for the D-backs. It's going to come down to the offense again. And until that's not true, I'm going to keep saying it. If the Dodgers offense shows up, they'll win game three. And if the Dodgers offense shows up, they'll win game four. And if the Dodgers offense shows up, they'll win game five. That's three big ifs, considering that they are 0 for 2 on the offense sh- showing up so far in this series but it could happen. And so until it it is officially not happened, I'm going to remain optimistic, even if I recognize that the optimism is less realistic than it was uh, a few days ago. So uh, I'm going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk about Bobby Miller some more, just a lot of stuff to talk about with this. So thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Uh, Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. I have a wife and three kids, and we try to be as prepared as possible for emergencies, but medicine has always been a concern of mine. Jace Medical is the solution. Just fill out their online form, and one of their board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. I did it a couple weeks ago when Jace first started advertising with us, and it was so easy. It was really uh, quick, and I got my Jace case. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it up on the screen right now. I got it like two or three days later. Just filled out a quick form. Sometimes their doctor will need to call you and ask a couple questions. With me, they didn't even need to do that. And uh, look at me. If they didn't need to do it for me, they probably don't need to do it for you. But you just fill out the form, answer their questions, and their doctor will prescribe the medications and send them to you. And you will have these in case of emergency put with your emergency preparedness kits so that you will always be covered with life-saving antibiotics whenever you need them. Uh, They send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your Jace order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. And not only this, you can send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using our code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Hey, I'm back. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I want to remind you, 
You can catch every Dodger game, the Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app simply by searching for Dodgers. Uh, you can also, uh, yeah, if you're not an everydayer, become an everydayer. Uh, it, it's really easy. Just watch or listen every weekday morning. Like I said, we love talking Dodgers with you guys and interacting with you guys. So uh, become an everydayer. Tell your friends and family about it. And if you're watching on YouTube, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the YouTube comment section. I know there will be some negativity. Uh, don't feel bad. Uh, I, I don't respond as much to the negative ones, not because I don't want you posting them, just because I don't have anything to say because I am relentlessly positive until the last possible moment. Um, but love to hear your thoughts. And uh, Bobby Miller, it was it was a rough go for Bobby Miller. It's you know one of the one of the reasons that made sense to me to start Clayton Kershaw in Game One. And Bobby Miller in game two. Once you've accepted that those are your top two starters in the postseason, um, it made sense to me to start Kershaw in game one because Bobby Miller's a rookie and there's going to be enough pressure on him throwing the pressure of you are our game one playoff starter. Uh, I, I thought it made sense to, to not do that to him at this stage of his career. Ultimately, the Dodgers were going to need both of them to pitch well uh, in order to win this series. And so far that hasn't happened. Uh, hopefully they'll they'll each get another chance, but uh, you know, but but I thought it made sense. And then in game two, what we saw was even without that added pressure, Bobby Miller struggled to command any of his off-speed pitches. He threw a couple good changeups, but his his curveball and his slider both, like I think I heard on the radio on the way home, four out of eighteen or something that he landed for strikes. Just he wasn't commanding those pitches. And when you throw a hundred miles an hour but they know it's coming hundred miles an hour. Isn't enough. You got to throw 110 if they know it's coming. And, and the fact is they were able to, if they could pick up spin, they were able to lay off the pitch and know it's probably not going to be a strike. I'm going to wait for a fastball and I'm going to, I'm going to jump on that. And that's what they did. And it wasn't as bad as Kershaw's start, but it was, it was rough. And he threw way too many pitches, not nearly enough strikes. And I, I, as a dad, I'm, I'm such a cornball, like wh where I was sitting, I could see, like, I was basically right behind all the Dodger families. And so, you know, watching Callie and Charlie Kershaw waving their towels was so, so fun. Seeing Bruce Dargraderall's mom holding her granddaughter while she's watching her son pitch was awesome. Well, Bobby Miller's parents, and I assume his girlfriend, uh, anyway, a younger girl that didn't look to have a family relationship resemblance so probably a girlfriend anyway the three of them were sitting in the front row of the loge section uh, right in front of Ellen Kershaw and her kids um, and just watching them and like as a dad like I have a hard enough time watching my sons play baseball or any sport and their games don't matter like I can't even imagine being the parent of somebody pitching a playoff game in front of 51,000 people at Dodger stadium. And, uh, I actually, I, I had gone to the bathroom at one point and I was coming back to my seat and Bobby Miller's dad was just leaning next to a, a pillar up at the top of the loge section. And I stopped and talked to him to, for a minute and kind of told him that like, as a dad, I can't imagine what you're going through. And he, he said, yeah, it's just, it, it's awful. Like nothing you can do just watching and, you know, and, and it's hard for him to see his son struggle to, to find his command and, you know, and then, you know, seeing the, the offense not helping him out any just like so many emotions for a dad. And, uh, you know, after the game, he, uh, as they were leaving, he kind of caught my eye and he kind of shrugged like, uh, 
and uh, they he and Bobby's parents stopped and talked to me and my brother for a minute, and we talked and like just th- these are people. Like I was glad to see in both of these games, I was glad to see the crowd respond when the starters got taken out after not pitching well, respond positively. Both Kershaw and Miller got ovations as they came off the field. Not because they deserved them because of the way they pitched in these games, but because they deserve them because there are pitchers. Like, And I, I said on yesterday's episode, I don't love the Dodgers because they win. I want them to win because I love them. So I don't root for Clayton Kershaw because he's great. I want him to succeed because I love him. Like, and, and same with Bobby Miller. Like Bobby Miller is the future of this rotation. And like, I want nothing but good things for Bobby Miller, including I want him to feel okay when he's walking off the mound after pitching a clunker. And so I'm glad to see the crowd respond that way. Like, I, honestly, I, I feel like the crowd at Dodger Stadium, these two games has been great. Uh, it, it's hard to stay in a game. When, when you're down nine to nothing after the bottom of the second or top, top of the second inning and th- Saturday's crowd stayed in the game pretty well. This game, Monday night, crowd was in it the entire time, despite letdown after letdown. When Brewstar Gratterall came out of the game, Brewstar was great. And I, I'll talk more about Brewstar and, and the rest of the bullpen in the last segment. But, uh, you know, when he came off the mound, he was he got a huge ovation because he deserved it. And he got into it. He's pumping the crowd up, waving his arms, you know, and, and just he's fired up. And, I love me some Brewstar. Um, the the crowd was into it, and it is such a great atmosphere. And it was such a bummer to just have it not work out. And I don't think it's personal failings. I I don't like the word choke. I don't believe in the word choke when we're talking about professional athletes, because especially baseball players, like it's one thing if a quarterback goes out and throws a bunch of interceptions, because interceptions are unless it bounces off the receiver's hands, an interception is a mistake by the quarterback. In baseball, though, like if you go one for four, like Freddie Freeman did in this game, that doesn't mean you had a bad day. It means the pitcher won three times. If you go 0 for four like Mookie did, it doesn't mean that you messed up. It means that you didn't get the hits you needed to. Um, and, And baseball is such a game of failure that it's hard to on in a small sample, it's hard to figure out what is somebody struggling and somebody just got beat by the pitcher. What is, you know, and like and, and game of inches, game of if this little thing was different, you know, I've talked about last year in the NLDS. If Will Smith's sack fly in game four against the Padres, he's bases bases loaded one out, rips a line drive, but right at jerks and pro far. Hit it like six thousand miles an hour, but right at pro far. So it's just a sack fly. If that get if it's 10 or 15 feet to either side, it's a three-run double. The Dodgers win that game, and they probably win that series because I'm pretty sure I was scheduled to pitch for the Padres game five. Padres had no pitching left. So, I mean, the game of inches, if Will Smith's line drive finds a gap, the Dodgers win that series. In this game, J.D. Martinez homered in the fourth inning with nobody on after striking out with two guys on in the second inning or first inning, in the first inning. Like, if... JD's home run comes with two guys on. I said, nobody on it's four to four. And we're still sitting in extra innings instead of me sitting at my parents' dining room table, recording a podcast, you know, like little tiny things. And, you know, so many things could have gone differently that didn't. And some games they will. I know it doesn't make anybody feel better because they didn't. And unless they do for the next three days, 
or three games in four days, uh, it's it's not going to make anybody feel better. But you know, if you're looking for a reason to remain optimistic, the fact is, after the second inning in in game one, it was tied two to two. After the first inning in this game, the Dodgers won two to one. Like uh, those first and second innings matter; they count. But everything except. Even with the offense not hitting, the bullpen has been so good. If the starting pitching can be a little bit better, if the offense can be a little bit better, like thinking about winning three straight games, it's like, well, that's not going to happen. But thinking about winning game three, that could happen. And then you do that, and then you think about game four. That could happen. Then you think about game five. That could happen. It could happen. I I know it's obnoxious. I'm sorry. Uh, But, you know, I assume – people who come to this show every day are at least used to my uh, optimism and won't hold it against me. Uh, Even if you don't agree, that's fine that you don't agree. Like one of the great things about being a baseball fan is we don't have to agree on everything. We, we come from the same spot of loving our Dodgers and we all express that differently. And I'm totally cool with that. So hope you'll let me have my way. I'll let you have your way and we can all be friends because we love the Dodgers. Even if that friendship is forged in sadness sometimes, Uh, but not yet because this series is not over. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about the bullpen a little bit, uh, how good they were, how much fun they are to watch, and uh, I'll wrap this thing up. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, uh, October baseball is back, and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen in the next at bat with quick bets. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Hey, I'm back. Thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, you can catch every Dodger game, the Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app by searching for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked on Dodgers. Uh, thank you to our everydayers. Um, I wish that I had written down the names of all of you that came and said hi to me. Uh, some of you, I, I had mentioned where I was sitting. Several of you stopped by where I was sitting. But even beyond that, like more than any other game, just running into, I ran into one of you on the way into the bathroom. And one guy came up and said to, hi to me. Uh, Sal was his name. While we were standing in line to get in the into the stadium before the game, uh, I think there was probably 14 or 15 of you who stopped and said hi to me at one place or another so much fun and it makes it totally worth doing this podcast uh like i said i love talking dodgers with you guys love the the bond that we have with strangers over a stupid thing like baseball uh and it's why it's my favorite stupid thing um yeah favorite stupid thing is what my was my nickname in high school uh anyway the uh the bullpen has been very good in this series so far. Uh, you know, if you count Emmett Sheehan as part of the bullpen, he was a piggybacker in game one. He gave up three runs. 
Um, if you don't count him as a reliever, he's really more of a starter in a piggyback role. The true relievers have given up three runs in what, like 13, 14 innings, something like that. Uh, and they, they've been great. It's been really, really good, especially in this game two when they went with their top relievers. Uh, everybody was great. Even Ryan Brazier, who gave up the one solo home run, he was awesome. And, you know, at one point he, uh, well, even at, with the home run, he got as many outs as batters faced. He faced seven batters and got seven outs uh, because he came in and uh, Will Smith immediately caught uh, Gerardo Perdomo trying to steal second. And so at that point, Brazier had pitched a third of an inning with zero batters faced. Uh, anyway, he ended up pitching two and a third and was very effective other than second to last batter he faced hit a, hit a stupid solo home run. Everybody else, Bruce Dar was awesome. And I, I mentioned Bruce Dar a little bit like, I love Bruce Dar's passion. Like he is so genuine. So you can't look at Bruce Dar Gratter and not smile. And I'm sure there are some people who aren't Dodger fans who don't like Bruce Dar. I can't imagine why, but you know, people find dumb reasons to dislike people. Uh, but I love Bruce Dar Gratter all, especially like when he's pitching well. So he's fully happy. He's been so good the last several months. He just, he doesn't allow hard contact. He made a great play, a little behind the back catch uh, in his second inning of work tonight, I think it was. Um, everything about Bruce Dargratterall, I love. Ryan Brazier has been awesome. Evan Phillips uh, got out of a jam, pitched really well, pitched uh, parts of two innings. Um, Joe Kelly got himself into a little trouble, but got himself out of it. Is that everybody? Those five guys? I think that's it who pitched in this game. Um, they got multiple innings from a few of those guys. It was like, I, I thought Dave Roberts did a great job managing the bullpen in this game. Like I, like I said early in the, in the episode, Bobby Miller didn't have it and taking him out was the right call, uh, both for his pitch count, for his confidence and for keeping the Dodgers in the game. Because if you can only command your fastball, uh, things are only going to get worse. So they took him out with two guys on and the crowd booed uh, Dave Roberts for taking him out. Uh, and they booed even harder when Roberts came and took Gratterall out of the game. Um, I thought both of those were absolutely the right call. Um, like Gratterall, he had already been, he, he came in in the second inning, got the last out of the second inning, then pitched the whole third inning and then got two outs in the fourth inning before they took him out of the game having those two up and downs, like people, you look at the pitch count, it's like, well, it's reasonable pitch count. It's just two innings that he's pitched, but the two up and downs is something that no reliever at this point in the season is used to doing. And so uh, I thought Dave Roberts managed the bullpen masterfully. Uh, the offense was a little bit harder um, when the, when the D backs did go to their lefty, Andrew Solfrank, uh, Roberts pinch hit for uh, Jason Hayward. And that worked pinch hit for David Peralta that worked. Uh, Chris Taylor walked, I think, and uh, Kike Hernandez had an RBI infield single. And then uh, they let uh, James Outman stay in against the, the lefty. He struck out. It was a it was a rough bat. Outman had a rough night. He struck out three times, was probably over-anxious. Uh, and then the D-backs took out Saul Frank, brought in a right-handed pitcher, and at that point, Roberts pinch hit for Miguel Rojas with Colton Wong. For me, that's really the only decision that you could quibble with. Um, but Wong has had some good hits for the Dodgers this year. And honestly, if he's not on the, I, I guess 
the alternative would have, I mean, they never did go to another lefty reliever and they probably knew they wouldn't because, so, you know, it's, that's why Colton Wong's on your roster is the pinch hit for uh, Miguel Rojas later in a game when it's a righty on the mound and it didn't work this time, Uh, but it could have worked and it doesn't make it the wrong decision. I think that's definitely in one of those, uh, I talk about the 60, 40 decisions with managers. I think that one's probably close to a 50, 50, Um, you know, and they had already made some other moves. So they were, you know, defensively and stuff, they're already doing some, some juggling. So it it made sense, but I could see people quibbling with that. But the big issue was, you know, at one point Mookie gets on and then Freeman immediately gets into a double play. Another time, Chris Taylor comes up with a runner on and first pitch hits into a double play. Obviously the strikeout that they had bases loaded one out after Kike's infield single and Outman striking out and then Wong grounding out. Like you got to get the ball in play there. All, all sorts of things that, you know, you can, but the, the real quibbles were with the performance on the field, which, you know, if you, that's what you want, I guess in a baseball game, you want it to be decided on the field, not by the manager. And I thought Roberts did a good job putting the Dodgers in position to win. Dodgers were in position to win a lot and they just didn't get it done. And it happens and it sucks. But um, I think that's about all I have to say about this. Like I I know some, I I did see a teaser on Twitter that a different podcast uh, is having an angry episode tonight. And I get that. Um, I'm going to save even if the Dodgers do get eliminated by the D-backs, I don't know that I'll have an angry episode. It'll be more of a sad episode, and I'm not looking forward to that. I'm hoping they don't make me do a sad episode this year. I really like the happy episodes when they win the World Series, so uh, let's do that, Dodgers. But if we do get a sad episode, it'll be more sad than angry um, because I love these guys. It's it's hard to be mad at the guys for when I love them as much as I do, and I want them to succeed because I love them, you know? Uh, and it's love. I, I say love. I don't mean the way I love my wife and kids. I mean the way I love this stupid baseball team that I have uh, become attached to emotionally. It's how we all are. We all express it differently, and that's cool. But that's going to do it for me for today. Vince and I should be together tomorrow. Actually, it might be Vince solo tomorrow. I'm driving home to Utah on Tuesday. And so uh, depending on what time I get home, Vince might have to go solo uh, but one way or another, uh, we'll be back hopefully together on Thursday morning after game three of the series and hopefully talking about the Dodgers extending the season at least one more day. So thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Uh, remember, you can catch every Dodgers radio broadcast on Sirius XM or the SXM app by searching for Dodgers. Uh, you remember to be an everyday or tell your friends and family about the show. If you love it, they might too. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at VinceSince91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, and our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.